Ezekiel chapter number 44, going to verse number 1. And then I'll be going to chapter 46, verse number 9. Ezekiel writes in 44 and 1, Then he brought me back the way of the gate of the outward sanctuary, which looketh toward the east, and it was shut. Everybody say it was shut. Then said the Lord unto me, This gate shall be shut. It shall not be opened, and no man shall enter in by it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, hath entered in by it. Therefore, it shall be shut. Ezekiel 46 and 9. The Bible says, But when the people of the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feast. <clears throat> he that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. And he that entereth by the way of the south gate shall go forth by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by the way of the gate whereby he came in, but shall go forth over against it. My subject today is entrances and exits. Entrances and exits. God is concerned with our entrance and God is concerned with our exit. And I feel like preaching about it right now. You going to help me preach today? Lord, we love you. Help us get this right in our spirit, God, so that what you're wanting to do in this service will go with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. A question that is as old as mankind is, why in the world would God desire to have a relationship with mankind? He is above us. He is greater than we are. He is above what we are. We are only dust. And our God is absolute and complete spirit. When we consider who God is and who we are, it really is shocking that He would want relationship with us. When you consider the worthiness of God in contrast with our own unworthiness, the perfection of God in contrast with our imperfections, the power of God in contrast with our own weaknesses, the vastness of God in contrast with our limitations, how insignificant we might seem at times when we consider all that there is. The universe that we live in is a very awesome thing. This planet that we are on is a very fascinating place. There is so much that we have yet to learn about it. But when you look at it, what we do know is that this planet is only a tiny fraction of our solar system. Everybody say our solar system. If our solar system were the size of a football field... Think about that. If our solar system were the size of a football field, then our sun would be the size of a dime. And the earth would be the size of a grain of sand. But our solar system, as big as it is, is only a small part of the Milky Way galaxy. 
So if the Milky Way galaxy were the size of the United States of America, then our entire solar system would only be the size of a penny. If we could travel at the speed of light, which is 186,000 miles per second, it would take us about 27,000 years to reach the center of the Milky Way. Yet, the Milky Way galaxy is only a tiny part of the universe. On and on and on it goes. But, for some reason, God so loved the world. This piece of ground that you and I are on it, God has loved it. And more specifically, He has loved the people that are on it. And so David asked the question as a shepherd. He spent years in the night sky looking up at the heavens, marveling at the wonder of creation. And he said in Psalm 8 and 3, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him. Isn't it amazing that in all this great big world that we are just a minuscule part of that God came looking for us that God said I've got my eye on them. Isn't it amazing to know that God loves you and me so much that on a Sunday God said I'm going to go visit those people in that building on Strawfloor Road and I'm not just going to come there but I'm going to let my presence touch them. I'm going to let my glory touch them. I'm going to let my hand touch them. The word... That David used for man in verse 4 of that chapter is Enosh. That word emphasizes our weakness in contrast to the structure of God's heavens. Enosh highlights man in his weakness, in his frailty, in his fragility. David is saying that it's amazing enough that you would even think about us. But Lord, you don't stop there. You also visit with us. <laughs> it's amazing, God, that not only do you, we cross your mind, but that you would even come to where we are. It's wonderful. Perhaps David, while watching his father's sheep, was struck by the incredible fact that this God of heaven desired to be his shepherd. That he desired to spend time with him every day. That he wanted to protect him. That he wanted to provide for him. David developed an appreciation for this fact of God that stayed with him. And it changed his life. He said in 1 Chronicles 28 and 2. As for me, I had in mine heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord. For the footstool of our God. David said in Psalm 132, I will not give sleep to my eyes. I will not give slumber to mine eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. 
We will go into his tabernacles. And we will worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest. And the ark of thy strength. God responded to that. And the Lord said, This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell. For I, listen to what God said, For I have desired it. David developed this appreciation for the fact that the God who had everything, the God who is all-sufficient, the God who, who needs nothing outside of himself, he had one desire, and that was to be with his people, to dwell with his people. And that created, in turn, a desire in David that he would say, if that's the way you feel about me, then Lord, in Psalm 27, 4, one thing then have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. When you develop a true appreciation for the wonder that the Almighty God desires to commune with you, when you begin to appreciate the fact that when you got up this morning, the Lord was saying, I sure hope they make it to church today. I'd love for them to come to my house today. I hope they'll come into my house and begin to worship me today because there's nothing I want more on this Sunday. What are we in July the 25th? I, there's nothing I want more on Sunday, July 25th than to see my people come into my house wanting to be with me like I want to be with them. That's why when you came in here, that's why when they begin to sing, you begin to feel something move in this place. It's because there is a mutual admiration that is happening right now. God has come to us, but we have come to God as well. We have come to God as well. He was so committed to that relationship with us that when mankind fell, and we failed in the garden. And we failed in the book of Genesis. And we failed in the book of Exodus. And we failed in the first five, the Torah. And we failed in the history books. And we failed in the books of poetry. And we failed in the chronicles and the kings. And we failed in the minor prophets. And we failed in the major prophets. And we even failed in the book of Acts. And we failed in the epistles. And, and yeah, there's going to be some that are going to fail in Revelation. But God is so committed to this. That when we fail, He says, I don't want to let you go. Consider that God did not do that for angels that rebelled against him. He cast Lucifer out of heaven. And we beheld him fall as lightning, he said. He cast those devils out of heaven. And they cannot have relationship with God anymore. But it's not the angels that he helps. The Bible said it is the offspring of Abraham that he helps. Let it sink in today. 
we talk about the majesty and the power and the worth of angels. But God did not redeem angels. Matter of fact, if the Lord would open your eyes today and you could see the angels that are gathered in this room, they are desiring to have what you and I have. They are so they are so uh, they are so jealous of you because of what you experience with God that they cannot experience with God. The angels are watching what's happening here right now because the angels know that in all of the world, in all of creation, there is nothing God desires more than to be with his people. He wants to be with his people. He saw something in you. He saw something in me that was worth redeeming. God so loved the world in all of its frailty, in all of its fragility, and in all of its failure. God so loved the world. God so loves us in spite of our weaknesses. God so loves us in spite of the sin that we have embroiled ourselves in at times. So I tell you today, if God loves us that much, and if God's been fighting for us all these thousands of years, how much more should we put it in our hearts and purpose within ourselves that if God even knowing how messed up I am, if God still wants to have a relationship with me, how much more should I be humbled when I come into this holy house and I begin to lift up my hands knowing that He's going to respond to my worship. We find His presence in that Old Testament tabernacle. That tabernacle was was portable. It moved around as God's people would have to move. And then after that, Solomon built that first temple. And then there would be a second temple. And even later a third temple. And, and these were majestic. They were made out of the particularly Solomon's temple. Made out of the finest materials that money could buy. Each tabernacle and each temple revealed things about God and the relationship that He wants to have with us. They revealed His mercy. They revealed His holiness. They revealed what our response should be to Him. And toward the end of the book of Ezekiel, God gave Ezekiel a vision of yet another temple. And God told Ezekiel to tell the people everything he saw. And that's what I'm going to do today. He was specifically told to talk to them about the entrances and the exits. Ezekiel writes and he records it all in great detail. In these details we find great symbolism. We find great revelation about our Lord and Master. And we find revelation and symbolism about ourselves and what it is that should happen when we encounter the glory of God. Three entrances the Lord told him would be in this temple. One in the north, one in the south, and one in the east. As we read in chapter 44, the entrance in the east was reserved for the glory of God. Only God could use that. 
Nobody and nothing else was allowed to come in that particular way. It was sealed up in his vision. The glory had left Israel, but in Ezekiel's vision, the glory of God is now returning like a flood through the eastern gate, and it is beginning to fill once again the temple of the Lord. We need the glory of God. We need the glory of God. Because without the glory of God, the temple is just another building. I don't care how fine it is. I don't care how expensive it is. I don't care what materials were used. If the glory of God is not there, it is only another building. And if we are going to experience what we need to experience in this room today, we don't need this just to be another building. But we must have the glory of God that would begin to sweep in here among us. And it would touch us. And it would change us. We have to have the glory of God. We have to have the glory of God. Before we do anything else, we have to make an avenue for His glory to come in. There's got to be an eastern gate in this church, folks. There's got to be an eastern gate in this church. And when I say an eastern gate, I say it's a gate reserved only for God. It's not a music gate. It's not an eloquent preaching gate. It's not, a, it's not a party gate. It's not a click gate. It's not a, it's not a, a, a social club gate. It's not a hangout gate. It's a gate reserved for one thing and one thing. I feel like preaching. One thing only. I'm talking about the glory of an almighty God who's going to come in this house. I can't conjure him up. You cannot conjure him up. But if we will gather in his name, he will use that gate and God will come in here among us. Clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once the glory came in, the eastern gate was shut forever. Because this time the symbolism says that when the glory comes in, the glory is going to stay. Nothing else can take his place. There is an entrance into this church that is reserved only for the presence of God. This is a church of excellence. We try to do things as well as we possibly can here. We're going to keep doing things as well as we possibly can here. The Bible tells us to do that. There's not a thing in the world wrong with it. Matter of fact, I would argue biblically to you that there's something wrong with a church that doesn't want to do things with excellence. We don't just get up here and be half-hearted. And we don't just get up here and give it our best. That's why musicians, before let me pastor right now to everybody. Musicians, before you come here, you need to have practiced. I didn't get quite the response I thought it should. Singers, before you get here, you need to have practiced your parts. Sunday school teachers, before you get here, you need to have studied your lesson. People who take care of the building and grounds, before we get here, you need to have done your part. 
People who serve before you get here, you need to be already prepared in your heart to do the things that you are going to do. This is a place of excellence. We are going to give it our very best because God deserves our very best. God deserves our very best. God deserves our very best. Whatever you do, whatever your hands find to do, do it as unto the Lord with all of your might. We're a church of excellence. We've got great resources. We've got great tools that he has blessed us with. But besides all of that, we'll do our part. But besides all of that, there's still only an entrance that is reserved for him. It's not about our studying. It's not about our practicing. There is an entrance that is only reserved for the Lord. There's an entrance into my life that is reserved for the presence of God. It belongs to him. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. You've been bought with a price. If I am the temple of God, that means there's an eastern gate entrance into this old temple. And it belongs to the Lord only. And I can't try to fill this entrance with anything else. And I'm going to preach. Maybe I will preach a little bit longer than I thought. But I'm going to preach good right now. You sit up and listen to your old pastor right now. You need to hear what I'm about to say. There is an entrance into this temple. It doesn't. Worldly music is not the entrance for God to come into this temple. Let me tell you something else. Drugs and alcoholism and nicotine, that's not an entrance for God to come into this temple. And, and your hobbies and, and, and the games you're going to play, that's not an entrance for God to come into this temple. If you want God to come into your temple, you're going to have to dedicate an entrance for Him. There's going to be one way and one way only. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to salvation. Few there be that find it. But thank God that He's given us a revelation of His Word. Am I preaching all right? It's an entrance that belongs to Him. There's an entrance into my mind that's reserved for Him. There's an entrance into my spirit reserved for Him. When His glory comes in, we must make up our minds that we are not going to lose the glory. It's time for somebody to shut the gate today and say the glory has come in and I'm not letting it get out. The glory of the Lord has come in and I'm not going to let it get out. I'm tired of having to rebuild this thing all the time. I'm ready for the glory to get in and I'm going to shut the door and I'm going to commune with my God. Going to commune with my God. I can afford to lose people out of my life. But I cannot afford to lose His presence. I can afford to lose things out of my life. But I cannot afford to lose His presence. Can I really preach to us? I can afford to lose my health. But I cannot afford to lose His presence.
I can afford to lose limbs, but I cannot afford to lose his presence. I can afford to lose relationships, but I cannot afford to lose his presence. I can afford to lose a job, but I cannot afford to lose his presence. I can afford to lose almost anything else you want to name. I can lose it, but if I lose his presence, I've lost everything. Got to have the presence of God. Got to have his presence. We say today like David, arise, O Lord, into thy rest. In other words, you are welcome here today, God, into my spirit. When the people came into that temple, though, they had to come in through either the north gate or the south gate. They could come in through whichever one they chose. It really didn't matter. Whichever gate was the most convenient, whichever direction you were coming from. There was no rule as to which one you had to use coming in. The only rule was that you couldn't leave by the same way you had come in. If you came in through the north gate, you left through the south according to God. And if you came in through the south, you must leave through the north. In other words, don't come into his presence. Turn around and walk back out the same way you came in. But if you're going to encounter his presence, then you must walk forward and you must leave different. Don't stop short of a complete transformation. And that's the message today. Come as you are. Come from wherever you are. Come from whatever direction life has taken you. Some of us have come from poverty. Some of us have come from sickness. Some of us have come from trouble. Some of us have come from pain. Some of us have come from hurt and grief. We've come from many different directions today. That's okay. You can come however you need to come. The only thing is that you must leave differently than you came. We don't judge how you came in. We're not here to beat you up based on how you came in. We don't judge you based on how you came in. We're not looking for perfect people to come into this church. Pastor, I feel so unworthy. I feel like I've messed up and, and I've had people tell me that. I've had people tell me that even recently. I feel so unworthy, Pastor. The things that I have done, and I'm, uh, I've, 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 I've not done what I should have done. I don't care how you came in. I'm just glad you came in today. Let me tell you what I care about. I don't care about how you came in. I care about how you leave today. You can come in with all kinds of bondage in your life, but don't leave that way. Leave loose in the power of the Holy Ghost. You can come in offended, but don't leave that way. Leave here knowing that there's a God that's got his hand on you. That's taking you out of here. You can walk in here however you But don't leave the same. Don't leave the same. Don't leave the same. The Bible's full of people who testify of this. A woman with an issue of blood. She came crawling, but she left walking. Blind Bartimaeus came without sight, but he left seeing. 
A lame man at a pool of Bethesda. He came lying, but he left leaping. The man carried by his friends couldn't come in through the door, had to come in through the north gate that was up on top of the roof, but he left out the door. (laughs) Thank God that he will allow us to leave different than we came. Oh, thank you, Lord, that I don't have to leave here like I came today. I may have came here feeling like I was so far from you, but I can leave here knowing that I'm close to you. I may have came here feeling as if I was forgotten of you, but I'm going to leave here knowing that I'm known of you. I may have came here, Lord, feeling a lot of different ways, but in the name of Jesus, somebody needs to just close your eyes and make up in your mind right now, I will not leave this church today the same way that I came. It's up to you. It's up to you what you're going to do when you've encountered the presence of the Lord. Thank God. Now, I've, I've gotten on all of us. But thank God for a praise team who invites the presence of the Lord in this place. I appreciate y'all more than you'll ever know. This church is blessed with tremendous and gifted and talented and anointed, most importantly, music. And I thank God for it. I'd rather have God with uh, church with it than without it. So I thank God for it. And they've helped us today. We've already began an encounter with the Lord. And that is in large part because of their sacrifice. They get here early. They, they, they practice. They study. They do all the things that I reminded them of. And then they get here early to practice for you so that they can give it their very best effort when we begin to have church. Oh, I thank God for them. I thank God for them. By the way, it's not just a slap in the face of the Lord, but it's a slap in the face of everybody that prepares, Sunday school teachers that prepare, musicians, singers that prepare, when they do all that stuff and we don't show up. This is a, this is a, a preaching pastor and message. We've got to make sure that there's a deep conviction in us that we refuse to leave the same way we came. No matter how long we've been that way. Even for those of us that come to church every time the doors are open. We must be careful that this church itself does not become routine to us. That we don't come into his presence. Hear the word. Turn around and walk back out the way we came in. For if anyone, the Bible says, is a hearer of the word and not a doer. He is likened unto a man observing his face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what manner of man he was. I don't want to leave forgetting that I had the opportunity to change. I don't want to walk out the same way I came in. God told Ezekiel every time they come into this temple, they leave a different way. No matter how many times you've been here, when you come in, you leave a different way. Well, I've been in this thing for 40, 50, 60 years. When you come in here, you leave a different way. 
Well, I've heard all there is to hear. You couldn't preach a message I haven't heard. When you come in here, you leave a different way. We're going to be changed every time we come into this presence of God. For 40 years, God rained manna down every day. And for 40 years, it was exactly what they needed. It may have been the same thing they ate a week ago, but it was exactly what they needed on that day. And that's good preaching right there. I just said something really good. It may have been what they ate a month ago, a year ago, 30 years, 40 years ago, but it was what they needed on that day. And you may have heard somebody preach along these lines before, but what I'm preaching is what you need to hear today. I don't care how you came in. We're going to leave different. We're going to leave different. We're going to be a church that is changed. Going to be a church that is changed. Somebody come help me this morning on the music. Brother Bill, come help us this morning. Why don't we stand together? It's God's desire that you leave His presence different. Move forward. Don't leave like you came. That'll be different for everybody. For some person, it will be repentance from your sins. For somebody else, it could be moving on to baptism. You could be moving on to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking with other tongues. It may be moving forward in your walk with God, going into something of greater purpose. It may mean leaving apathy at the wayside. It may mean leaving a cold spirit at the altar. And going out warmed back up by the fire of the Holy Ghost. It may mean leaving your bitter spirit. Your offended or wounded spirit. And walking out of here restored and renewed in the power of the Holy Ghost. It may mean you came in broken, but you leave whole. It may mean that you came in weeping. But you leave dancing. It may mean that you came in with ashes. But you're leaving with beauty. It may mean you came in weak. But you're going to leave strong. It may mean you came down casted down. But you're going to leave lifted up. It may mean you came in sick. But you're going to leave healed. It may mean you came in bound. But you're going to leave delivered. What happens here. Cannot stay here. But there must be a change that goes with us beyond that one encounter that affects our lives from that day forward. Everybody needs to leave differently than you came into this church today. And I say to this church on this Sunday morning, we are in a season of renewal and revival in this church. Brother Wesley Robinette has preached to this church the past two weekends. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If it's not for anybody else, it has been for me. It has been for me. I have felt like it's been water to just, to just a parch. I'll be honest with you. I just feel like it's been water to parched ground. I'm not saying I've been some backslidden, crazy person. I'm just telling you, I've needed a fresh touch of the Lord in my life. 
There's been a lot of stuff going on. There's been a lot of things on my mind. There's been a lot of things to pray for. There's been a lot of people to worry about. But in the middle of all that, I felt like God spoke to me for the past two weekends and said, you're going to just forget all of those things for a moment. And I'm going to change you in my presence. And you're going to leave here differently. And I'm telling you, I have left differently. I made it up in my mind. I wasn't going to be that person anymore. I was going to be changed by the power of the Lord. He'll be coming back. Next month, August, he'll be here the 15th and the 22nd. You're going to want to write those dates down. Because I feel, I feel so strongly that God's going to take us into a new dimension of revival and renewal in this church. It will be different than what we experienced the last two weekends. But I assure you, God has spoken to me about there's something he's getting ready to do. And I won't release all of that, but I know God's getting ready to do something very unique and special in this church. And God's going God's gonna to change us if we'll make up our minds to leave, enter one way and leave another. And today, I am preaching to you. There are precious people in this church that I pastor. Bring the lights down a little bit for me. Let's dim lights in here a little bit. There are precious people in this church that I pastor today. And some of you have needed what I just preached right now. You have needed what I have preached with a desperation. This is exactly what you needed to hear. And God wants to change your life. The question is, will you encounter His presence? And then, will you make up your mind to go out another way? God's presence has already entered in through the eastern gate. Is there anybody that says, I'm ready to come in through the north, through the south? Does anybody say, I want to get to where that presence is this morning? Anybody want their temple to be renewed this morning? Come on, church. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Step out from where you are. Some of you come to the front. We need to push these seats back or stack these front seats. Some of you come to the front. Some of you kneel at your seat where you are. But let us join together right now. And let us encounter God's life-changing presence that is here, that is available, that wants to touch you, that wants to renew you. Thank you, church, for responding. Come on, that's it. Y'all come fill in the front. Just come fill in this front. You can kneel. You can stand. You can lay on your face. Whatever you need to do. But right now, let us encounter the presence of the Lord. Touch our hearts right now, God. Touch our minds right now, God. Touch our minds right now, God. Touch our spirits right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes. Come on, that's it. That's it, church. That's it, church. That's it, church. Draw from wells of living water right now. Draw from some wells of living water. In the name of Jesus. Those of you that are watching online right now, you need to fall down wherever you are. You need to 
need to fall down and begin to cry out to God. Some of you should be in this room right now. You need to fall down ask God to change your temple today so that your hunger would become David's hunger. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Come on, you're just a small speck. You're just a small speck on a grain of sand. That grain of sand on a dime. That dime, just a small minuscule. Couldn't even probably see it with the natural eye on the football field. That football field sitting in uh, the United States of America. You can't even imagine how tiny you are. But God came here today because He wanted to be with you. He wanted to minister to you. He wanted to touch you. He wanted to change you. In the name of Jesus. Come on church, that's it. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah.